Welcome back to another Macam in the Middle podcast after another Sunderland game, another Sunderland victory, and another Sunderland midweek 5 0 win in the league. I'm joined by Dan, Michael, and John. Um, and the first thing will be John. Um, Hadrick Frost Stewart, five goals, clean sheet, nine games unbeaten, and Sheffield Wednesdays. I think it was 12 game unbeaten run. Not a bad way to end the year, is it? No, it's not. Uh, you know, it was a it was a good night all round. Um, you know, Stuart with a perfect hat trick. Uh, you know, he's he's been on a bit of a drought, so that puts to bed any you know worries in in that camp. And you know, it was a I wouldn't say it was you know a perfect performance from start to finish, but uh, you know, I think it's a statement um, uh, result. You know, to not not a lot of teams are playing um, at the moment. So it was nice to send out, you know, Sheffield Wednesday, they're tough to beat. Um, but, you know, it doesn't matter how they played. I thought, I thought we absolutely tore them apart and sent out a message. And, you know, we're, we're top of the league. We're flying high. And, you know, it's, 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 all, it's all falling into place at the moment. Yeah. And obviously we got battered off Lem in the reverse fixture, Dan, um, 3-0. It was a completely different performance from both sides, wasn't it? Granted, that from yeah. Sheffield Wednesday probably started at the better team in the first probably nine minutes. Um, but after Sunderland got that first goal, it was a completely different side for Sunderland, completely different side for Sheffield. It was very much like chalk and cheese. Yeah, it was a sweet win, all right. Um, I actually, yeah, I agree with you. First five, ten minutes, they were kind of on top. Um, I thought the goal actually came against you on the play. But when we did get that goal, we just... For the first half, anyway, we didn't take the foot off the gas, and it was it was great to see from that Sunderland team because it's it's something in the past we kind of got a goal and sat back, so it was it was good to see we didn't do that. Yeah, and it it was one of them games, Michael, um, that we go into. Obviously, Sheffield were unbeaten since the second of October, I think it was. Um, it was a game that we went into knowing that it was going to be one of the the toughest games we'd played yet. Um, but that first goal, you know, like I said, we're probably against the one to play. We'll gain a little bit more um, as we go on. But that first goal, there was a real, I don't know the best way to put it. I want to say weight off the shoulders. It kind of released the shackles a bit somewhat, didn't it? Because yeah. I think the earlier stages of the game, Sheffield, I think, were slightly, the better. I didn't think there was much in the first 15 minutes, to be honest. But I think Sheffield Wednesday, you could say, were slightly the better side. However... Once we got the first, I think getting the first goal, as I know it's a cliche, but getting the first goal is is so important, especially in a game like that when you know what's at stake. You win, you go top, and I think once we went in front, I think Chef Wedge just crumbled. Um, I think it was just a case of we just got better and better. We found more confidence, and they just you could tell that their their sort of game plan or their confidence just evaporated from them. But and to an extent, it, there's a factor that they didn't play. I think since the 11th of December. So, yeah. yeah, to a degree, that's factored in. However, we take nothing away from our own performance. We that That's one of the best performances I've... Certainly, uh, for me, that's the best performance of the season so far. At least it's an arguable uh, fact to try and not try and dispute because the way we move the ball, the pressing, the way we manage to form the triangles, the way the players keep coming to receive the ball, the way the players were moving for each other, everything was just clicking together. And once we once we got in front, I think we just got the freedom to go and express ourselves like that. Yeah. Um, 
like I said, we'll, we'll get into the game, but that win, Dan, takes us top of the table, um, ending 2021. I think it's the second time this season we've been top of League One. Um, I could be wrong on this, but I feel like it's also the second time in the last four years we've been top of League One. And I said it on Twitter, and we've said this a lot in the past, but, you know, when we've been on a good run in the past, people have said, oh, you know, this could be our season, and there hasn't really been much meaning behind it. But I feel like this season is different. Um, yeah, there is there is a different feeling in the air as a Sunderland fan. There really is. I'm, I know we get carried away and we're a real major fan base, but um, I don't know. There's just something about this team and this season that, that I feel like Lee Johnson has just got it right. And the players have all kind of bought into what he's trying to achieve and even like the lone lad showing passion I just think there is a different feel this year than there has been previous years and obviously previous years we've kind of been the team with all the games in hand whereas this, this year it's Wigan and Rotherham and all them are playing catch up on us and I think that's a better position to be in not having the games in hand Just, uh, just to pick up on, on Sheffield Wednesday you could, you could tell yesterday you know a lot of teams come there and they think if, if they can score the first goal they they can sort of maybe get the crowd maybe on the turn. You could tell they were putting sort of everything into it. You know, they were lumping yeah. just balls into the box just constantly. Um, and it just, you know, if I think at the moment, like like, we, like the boys were saying, we've at the moment we've got a real sort of dig in. You know, we we don't normally uh, start every game sort of absolutely flying. So it's, it's important sometimes just to 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 ride the, the storm almost, even though it was a poor storm. Um, and you know, just if you if you can then take chances, like like uh, like they were saying, once we score, like yeah. we're you know we're we're well on our way then. And then obviously you get the second, and then literally you have you've absolutely killed them, and they didn't really have anything anything to go. I think you even saw, obviously later on in the stage of the game, you saw Bannon sort of getting the ump and sort of you know totally lost his head. So you could tell that, that you know we 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 do we totally had them, but it's it's the thing with this team that. We know we're going to have to ride out sections of games, um, you know, because we we can't just control it all. But then once we do get in front and and we are playing well, we literally we can control mm. the games. And then you frustrate the good players like Bannon, and then they can't like they can't they can't do anything then. Yeah, and just before we move on to the actual game, Michael, last thing I'll say about it is this really wasn't a League One fixture, was it? You know, there was 34,000 there last night. I think there was probably, I think it was about 4,000 Sheffield Wednesday tickets sold. Granted, there was obviously an accident on the on the motorways where I think there was, um, I was listening to BBC Newcastle just before the game started and there was one of their commentators had been sat for four and a half hours um, and didn't move at all. Um, but, you know, great following from Sheffield Wednesday. It was much like that from Sunderland in the reverse fixture. I don't think both teams will get promoted this season, but you know, it just shows what can happen when when two clubs have run so poorly. Well, exactly, and and I think I think as you've replied to a few Sheffield Wednesday uh, pages, and I think I joined in with one of them and said basically this at least for me at very worst is a high it should be a high end championship fixture. I would even go as far to say it should be a Premier League fixture. To be honest, I still think we are the biggest club in this league, and I think there's quite some margin there. But I, but you could make a case certainly for Sheffield Wednesday being second biggest. They're definitely not a small club, and. It's one where we're both here because of incompetence. Whereas if both clubs were competently ran, at very worst, it would be a top six championship for both teams. 
And to be fair to them, even given the accident on the motorway, even everything that's happened, I think Chef went. Their fans, their, their fans did them proud. To be fair, in my yeah. opinion, anyway, there was a good. Set, I saw um, a good corner of their away end was still bouncing and singing even when they were five 0 down. Yeah. So you know, fair, fair, fair play to them. Um, I would feel a bit more sorry for them if they didn't batter us at Hillsborough. But yeah, um, yeah but regardless, I do get your point. That it's they're two clubs that should be nowhere near this division. Yeah, and um, we'll start talking about the goals. Um, first goal obviously came in ten minutes into the game, Dan. Um, like I say, probably against the winner player. Ball from Diaku into Stewart. Very good finish. Looking back, I think Stewart is offside. Um, but it is very close. It's not one of them where, you know, it, it's a terrible refereeing decision, I wouldn't say. Obviously, it went for us, so I'm never going to say it would be. But very important goal for Sunderland in the game because Sheffield were definitely looking the better side at that point. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's 13 minutes in, and it was very marginal. Uh, Wait, just to, just to stop you there, Sheffield Wednesday. Just corrected myself. Made sure I wouldn't say yeah, that again. Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday. Times, like, yeah. So. <laughs> I'm going to call him Wednesday for now. It's easier, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, it, was, it was a marginal decision. Um, I, I, I also agree. I, I think he was slightly offside. But we, we've had enough of those decisions to go against us in the past to kind of yeah. justify it. Um, even, even yesterday, I think we had a stonewall penalty that wasn't given, but should we get into that anyway? Um, yeah. It was a good kind of one-touch finish uh, with, with his bad foot, his left foot. Um, and Peacock Carroll had no chance. Like Once he's one-on-one like that, I wouldn't pick any other player in the league to, to take the shot on. Yeah. Um, just before we move on to the other goals, um, Dan brought it up there, and I was going to bring it up later, but I'll bring it up now, John. The foul... Or no foul on Lynn Gooch in the box. Um, I think it was at 3 0. I think it was. Um, anywhere else on the pitch, it's a free kick, obviously. And at 0 0, that is probably a penalty. And that's now two games back to back where we've been, you know, where the game's been won by Sunderland essentially at the point of the, the incident. But it's not an excuse for referees not to give fouls like that just because the other team are winning. No, it's not. Um, I, th- I, I think the only thing I could think the reason he doesn't give it is I think Gooch leans into him just just slightly, and I think he is. To be fair, the referee's in a really, really good position. Uh, was, was it was it, it much different to the Bailey Wright foul though in the first half? If you remember, no, it was not. on the same side of the pitch. No, it's not. But that's that's when you you know that's when the frustrations kick in. Uh, you know, and that's where you want the consistency. Why why is it a foul there and? And why not a foul in the box, regardless of, you know, the result? I see, I was watching a match of the day the other day, and Man City were were flying, you know, and they, they were 3-0 up, cruising, uh, and still got a second penalty. And I was thinking, how can we not, how can we not get those those types of things? But then, you know, we've got League One referees. There. We know the level they're at. Um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not quite sure I'd go as far to say as they... They wouldn't give it because I, th- I think maybe the other day they probably didn't give it. You know when we were we were so far ahead against Doncaster, we maybe felt a bit sorry. But last night I just I just think Gooch just slightly leaned into him a little bit, and I think the referee just thinks he's looking for it. Um, but if it was me, you know I'd be I'd be giving them all day long. But I'm I'm very biased, should we say? <laughs> I think to point out as well, if we're talking about favourite, if we're talking about feeling sorry for teams, well if the, if, if that's the case, and then. We're not given penalties because referees feel sorry for our yeah. opposition when we're comfortably winning. Then the game should have been called off at Portsmouth. Then, yeah, very true. Um, two 0 Sunderland went in front. Michael, um, Ross Stewart again 
this time on his right foot finish um right side of the box bottom corner again alex pritchard intercepted the pass on about halfway ran forward with the ball it's a good ball through to Ross Stewart and a very good finish um there's been i don't want to say questions but i suppose at times there has been about how good Ross Stewart actually is as a finisher but that second goal that is very very difficult and a very very good finish well, it is. It's a first-time um, hit, and it's not from the best of angles either. It's, a, it's he's had to get some quite quick, good placement onto that to finish it into the goal. I think. Well, I think his first two goals. I mean, his third one. I, mean, I know you'll get onto it later, but his third one was almost ahead from a couple of yards. Whereas the first two, I actually thought were very good finishes. He did well. He, he did well to get the composure to keep himself calm and high-pressure situations as well in both in both cases. So he managed to finish off both of them really well. And I, and yeah, look. We're all comparing him to Charlie White. I know it's the first time. I think it's the first time I've mentioned him for a while, and obviously, hopefully, he gets better soon. But you can just tell that Ross Stewart's got that extra bit of class about him. Um, and to be fair to him, even when we've, even when he hasn't been scoring, I don't think his performances have dipped all that much. He's at very worst, he's above average whenever he's yeah. played. And but but like I said, that that that'll do him. That'll do him so much confidence, so much morale, and it's just great to see. Yeah. And obviously, we said it was a great finish by Stewart, Dan. But that play from Alex Pritchard, you know, we've talked about him so much since he signed. Um, you know, again, first few times that he did play, a little bit disappointing. He was getting fit. He was he hadn't played much football prior to coming here. But you know, since he's been fully fit, since he's had a run in the team, he is far too good to be in League One. Yeah, I, th- I think he was absolutely quality, and he was quality again yesterday. Uh, he kind of led our press, and our press was excellent yesterday. Um, he, he drove forward with the ball. He was kind of always looking up, always looking for the right pass. And uh, the way he nicked in and got that ball was just quality, excellent. And uh, then obviously he played in Stewart, who, who finished well. But yeah, I, I think we do need to give a special mention to Pritchard because he, he was unplayable yesterday. Unplayable. Yeah. Um, Sunderland went three goals in front, um, and I think at that point, really, you know, really killed the game. Sheffield, as soon as the first goal really went in, um, looked like they'd given up. Certainly, after the the third goal, it was a corner. Pritchard again um, whips it to the back post. Flanagan heads it back towards him, and it's Callum Doyle at the at the front post, I suppose now, <laughs> um, to head it in, John. Um, Good to see Doyle get on the score sheet, but two defenders combining for a goal, and obviously another defender getting an assist later on in the game. Yeah, that's that's what you want. You know, you want them to be to be a threat in there, and that adds a different a different dimension um, to the game. You know, fair play to to Flanagan to you know to I think they have been working on it. You've seen it in the last few weeks. We've been sort of Flanagan, you know, right at the back because we know he's good in the air. It's just a loop it straight back over. Um, and you know the marking's poor, but you know you, you've still got to go and finish it. And, and fair play to to Doyle. You know I think he probably deserves it. He's he's another one who I think his performances haven't really dipped all season. He's been very consistent, especially for for how young he is. So you know it's, I think it's very deserving. And, and like you say, I think it absolutely sort of put the nail in the coffin um, to to Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. Um... Sunderland obviously three 0 up at half time. Came out second half and wasn't too long before we made four 0 Michael. Um, Ross Stewart getting his hat trick and it was Bailey Wright getting the assist. Good ball in the box for Stewart at the back post to head in to what was essentially almost an empty net. Um, 
and I think it's fair to say Stewart before then could have probably had you know two or three more goals. Um, I think he had a couple of headers saved from close range, but that header meant it was the perfect hat trick for Stewart. Again, you know we talk about it every single time we record a podcast, but in terms of confidence, in terms of you know momentum, granted the the next game has been postponed, so you're looking at like eight days before the next one, but that hat trick for Stewart, everyone playing very well. You know, that can only board well for the next few fixtures. Absolutely. And that's, like I said with Ross Stewart, the, the, the goal itself, the third one, was just pretty much a header. But you've still got to be there to finish it off. Um, Chef Wed's marking is non-existent. But you've got to be, again, you've got to be there to finish the chance off. The ball from Bailey Wright is just incredible. It's basically like an Alex Pritchard-level cross, really, when you think about it. Yeah. Um, but momentum, but like I said, it, all, it is all about momentum. And in some ways... I think that the boys have earned a good few days off now because we don't play on, I think it was Sunday, wasn't it? We were meant to be playing um, against Fleetwood. Obviously, that's not happening now. So I think that just give yourself a couple of, if I was Lee Johnson, just give them a couple of days to recuperate, just rest up, spend a bit of time with families and then just to start next week, start preparing for Wickham. But that sort of of result is, for me, very different to the five nils against Morecambe and Cheltenham where that's, that's that's not a bad team we've just beaten. Um, that, yeah. that's a very that's a side that's just below the playoffs and if we're being honest with the quality of players they got should easily finish in the playoffs whether they will or not is a different question but you know that that's not a bad side and to sweep them aside like that if, if we're not going to get confidence from that result like actual proper confidence then I don't know what result will do it for us yeah well at 3-0 the game was won um, at 4-0 you know it, it certainly was um, you know Dan Neal was brought off um, Benji Kimbiolka came on and within about four minutes of coming on got himself a goal Dan um, and for someone who in previous games where he's played he, he looks like he seems to have lacked a lot of composure in them games but flat finish you can't knock him flat um, No he actually, he actually took his goal very well uh, which is quite surprising given previous with Kimbiolka but um, no in fairness to the lad uh, and he actually could, he could have had a second as well. Um, yeah. But he, he had his stay at the keeper, um, if I remember correctly. Um, but now he kind of took the ball at, at an angle and nutmegged the keeper. Decent finish. Uh, like I, I thought he should have played it back across there, but you can't, can't argue with a goal. So, fair play to him. Yeah. And do you think he could play a part this season, John? Obviously, I think he's getting his chance purely down to injuries at the moment. But... You know, so many players in the past have done that and thrived from it as well. Obviously, Dion Sanderson last year wasn't really in the team until we picked up a few injuries. He came in and and was a mainstay in the team. And I'm not going to say Kim Bjorka will be, you know, a similar <coughs> kind of player in the way that he's going to come in start every game now because he's not. But he certainly looks like he could play a part this season. Yeah, I think definitely. Um, you know, he's he's obviously been given given the chance. You know, that that's obviously has to be earned because he's he's gone away. You know, to a couple of teams now and not really sort of pulled up any trees. And then you would have thought he'd come back here, just out his contract and sort of be on his way. Um, but it's it's probably nice to see that maybe the coaches have got hold of him and you know, like like, like the guys were saying, you know, probably before it was it was quite erratic in his finishing. Whereas you know, he doesn't know how much time he's got. And he sort of manages to to get the ball under control and pick his spot and um, and 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 finish it, you know, sort of expertly almost. If you know, if the coaches can get hold of him and sort of, you know, I, th- I thought his wing play was really good to be fair as well, like sort of holding up and keeping the ball and yeah. passing and moving, not not necessarily just absolutely going forward hundred miles an hour. So you, I think you can tell that 
the training is rubbing off on him, and that's that's really good to see. And like you say, it's you know he can, he can definitely be an asset in the squad, and he's up there alongside you know your O'Briens who are just sort of bit part players. But if you can if you can bring a guy on, and you know he's he's a threat on goal. You know, if those games are tight and he can come on and do that, then like you say, that's a massive asset to have. Yeah. Um, we're going to play ratings as we do around about this time. And Michael, I'll start with you on Hoffman. I went with a seven. Um, obviously, I would love to give everyone a ten, but I'll be very boring. So we'll go with the ratings we actually believe in. Um, but yeah, seven. Obviously, made some important saves in the, in the you know the opening nine minutes really. Um. Uh, probably the most important part of the game because if Sheffield take the lead there, it's a completely different game, it's a completely different approach for Sunderland and for yeah. Wednesday but after that first goal went in, he was largely a spectator, but I'd stick with seven. I would have gone with a six, but you reminded me of that six. you reminded me of how crucial he was in the opening uh, ten minutes, so yeah, we'll stay seven for that and really, those are the type, like I said, those are the type of games I want the keeper to have in this league where he doesn't really have all that much to do but he's switched on when he's called on yeah, and John? Yeah, same again for seven. Again, I thought his distribution was good. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's played his part with, with keeping us in the game. You know, he has to remain concentrated throughout the whole game because, you know, we know it gets very boring uh, playing in goal at times. Uh, so, yeah, I was, I was quite impressed. Yeah, seven. Yeah, and uh, last but not least, Dan? Yeah, seven for me as well. Uh, didn't, didn't have too much action to deal with, but when he had to deal with the action, he, he did it well. So, yeah, solid, solid performance. Yeah. Um, Leon Dayaku, Dan, we'll start with you. Um, obviously, the pass for Stewart's opening goal was a very good pass. Um, you know, very smart, and again, it, it shows his kind of progression as the season goes on. Goes on because you know a few weeks ago he wouldn't have made that pass, he wouldn't have seen that pass, um, but he did. Worked hard throughout, caused issues for Wednesday. So again, I'd, I'd probably go with a seven. I think there was a few times he was caught out defensively and and certainly physically as well. Um, but again, consider his natural position as a winger, you can sort of forgive him for a little bit of a defensive error at times. So, seven? Um, I, I went with Nate for the Jacu. Um, I think he got two assists in the game. And he, yeah. he, was, an absolute, he was an absolute nightmare for the, for the Sheffield Wednesday defence. Um, and you can see he's improving the whole time defensively as well. He's kind of tracking back on that. It was non-existent there for the first few games, but... He's getting better at it, and uh, that that will only improve as the season goes on. Yeah, um, you got got me for me, John. Uh, I'll probably go over seven. Um, again, I thought he was I thought he was very good going forward. Um, I think they targeted him a little bit as soon as he had the ball. They sort of went for him, sort of quite physically. I'd, I'd like to see him sort of maybe bulk up a little bit, um, and yeah. then yeah, just a couple of just a, just a couple of little defensive. Um, you know, so they're playing in the ball in behind him. He needs to maybe sort of see that. Um, but, you know, nothing. I don't think there's anything to worry about. So, yeah, I'll go for seven. Yeah. Michael? I'd probably agree with Daniel, actually. I think I'd go with an eight. I think I put, there was one a couple of occasions, I think it was one or two occasions early on in the game when he tried to take on his man and was just too physically weak to get past him. But in later as the game grew on, and you could tell that the game was going in our favour. I think he timed his runs uh, really well on the right on the right hand side, and I think that more times than not, I remember Sunderland going forward came through his side of the pitch. Um, yeah. Obviously, got got assist or two to his game, and I think he's just adapting. But I think to be fair, and I've I've been one of the biggest critics of Diaku actually this season, but recent games in the last month, he's been he's been really good. Can't lie. Yeah, and back to you, Michael, on Bailey Wright. I would probably go with. 
I'm, I'm probably gaming towards a nine for Bailey White. Um, obviously got the assist for, for Stewart's third and final goal. Defended well throughout. Never really gave Patterson or, or Gregory a, a sniff in the game. Um, which, you know, considering the physicality and experience MZ have between them is not easy, to say the least. Um, played the ball very well when he had it at his feet. So I'd, I'd probably say a nine. I think his general performance was an eight. I think he was very, very solid. When I say general performance, I'm going to bump it up to a nine for that assist because every time I watch it, I just think it's brilliant. I think that, and that's from a centre-half who's playing at right-back as well. That That's a really, really good ball. Um, uh, yeah, I just think uh, they, they proved this. He's justifying my opinion on him as why I really rate him for this league where yeah. he's someone who's his organisation, leadership qualities, I actually think has been so under the radar in terms of the last few weeks because it's helped us to get results and if you have someone like, and the only concern I have with him is if you can keep him fit for majority of the next four months, which is going to be a bit of an ask. Yeah. But if you have someone like that at the back, people underestimate how big that is for the rest of the team. It's so vital. Um, yeah. I can't say anything. I, I'll, just, I'll stop there because I'll be just be repeating myself over and over again. <laughs> John, for you? Yeah, I'll go over nine. Uh, I thought he was excellent yesterday. And, you know, for, for a, I don't want to say turnaround, but for, you know, to get up to the level that he's at now, you know, he's. You, I probably can't even remember Carl Winchester playing at right back now. You know, he's yeah. he's done that well. He's he's good going forward. You know, he's he's good on the like. He's very very good on the ball. I think he's a little bit underrated on the ball. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't think, think anyone knew how good he was on the ball, and I, I don't I don't even think he's been that good on the ball in previous seasons or in previous games. But you know, these last like five games, he's looked so confident on the ball. He he looks like a. He looks like a midfielder at right back, kind of, well, kind of like Winchester at times. Yeah, he, he sort of plays like a yeah. It's almost like a, a sort of a midfielder, you know, stroke centre back sort of that plays that role just out wide. It's, it's quite a strange one, but we know last season, you know, he'd, he'd get the ball and he'd sort of just ping it, you know, out of play and, and stuff like. that. But now where where we're seeing sort of Stewart actually making the runs and getting them behind, you know, it's perfect for for Wright's distribution. Um, but yeah, you know, fair play to him for, you know, easily one of his critics, you know, sort of two months ago. But yeah, for him to, to shut me up, you know, I'm more than happy to, to take that on the chin. Yeah. And Dan? Yeah, he got a nine for me as well. Uh, I've been very critical of Bailey Wright in the past. I never rated him that highly, really. But uh, I, I thought he was unbelievable yesterday. I think he's a revelation at wing back. Um, he, his assist was very, very good. It was a great ball. And uh, he's playing behind Ijaku as well, so obviously he has a lot of covering to do, and he has a lot to. It's kind of a big job, kind of telling Ijaku where to be and yeah. when to track back and back, because he's kind of coaching him through the games as well. Um, and I think he's doing that very well. So yeah, nine for me. Yeah. Um, Tom Flanagan, John, out of the the three centre backs or three natural centre backs, I'll say, because I still have no idea who plays where. Um. He's the only one that didn't. Well, he did actually. He got an assist, didn't he? So yeah, I'll say nine as well for him. <laughs> I, I, I'm literally drawing that out because he didn't get an assist. And I just, just realised just, he got the assist. Just, just, just blame it on the booze. Just say that you're married. You <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Flanagan. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd have him up there with a nine again. Another one. He's probably up there with you know sort of player of the season. You know, absolutely machine at the back. Um, again, very very good on the ball and and keeping keeping it organised with, you know, with uh, Doyle and, and Bailey right there and just, yeah, to deal with the physical presence as well. I thought he dealt with that, you know, fairly, fairly with ease. Uh, or certainly, you know, he, he gets the assists. So he's he's a bit of a machine in, in the other 
uh, penalty area as well. So yeah, very, very impressed of him. Yeah, Michael. Um, yeah, I'd probably actually go with a nine. Come to think, I was debating between eight or a nine. But again, like Flanagan, like John said, he's up for player of the season, and I think. In terms of defensively, I think Flanagan was probably the best of the bat line where I think he got the blocks in when he needed to. It was his positioning was absolutely spot on. Every time that Chef Webb tried to put a ball in the box, Flanagan was just always in the right place to deal with it. So, yeah, and it's the type of performance I love from defenders. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And Dan? Yeah, I've got him with a nine as well. I agree with Michael there. He, he was always in the right place at the right time. He just, he was casual about it as well. He never really looked like he was in trouble. He wasn't troubled by Sheffield Wednesday at all. And uh, obviously, he popped up with the assist as well. So, the nine for me was a great just, performance from Flanagan. Just to add on Daniel's point, that, and that's not easy considering the forward talent they've got as well. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, Callum Doyle, Dan, again, nine. Um, obviously, got his first goal in professional football, I think it is. And obviously, the first goal for the club. Again, just handled the physicality well, played the ball well, looked confident defensively. So, again, nine. Yeah, nine for me as well. He took his goal well. Uh, he really deserved that goal because he he's shown a lot of passion and a lot of a lot of bravery, a lot of courage. Really wants to play for this club and he really wants to win for this club. So I'm delighted he got his goal, and he really dominated the Sheffield Wednesday kind of forward line. Um, I think in previous games he kind of he didn't like the kind of rough and tumble of League One. Um, we got exposed for that a couple of times, but. He's really become accustomed to it now, and they they didn't have a chance with with that back line we had. Doyle was pivotal in that, so nine out of ten for me. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, agreed again. Um, obviously did. The funny thing is, with his goal, I um I saw the referee point to the halfway line, and Doyle. Yeah, yeah I, I I do this every time. I do this every time. There was one of the games where I can't remember who it was, but there was a team that scored against us at home, and Charles I think it was. I think. It, it might have been, um, and I think it was talk about a foul in the penalty box on a Sunderland player, yeah. and then the referee pointed back to the pen, uh, back to the halfway line, which I also interpreted as to him pointing that way to give Sunderland a free kick, and I think a lot of the crowd did as well because I think it was an ironic cheer. Yeah. Charlton well, fans exactly. stopped. Well, what I was going to say to build on that was I actually thought the goal had been disallowed. I thought they yeah. had a foul. So so basically, I went from oh for God's sake to oh get in. So yeah. um, I went like that in the space of that in about 10 seconds. Um, so that was just a funny thing on the third goal. I just didn't think it was allowed. So I didn't celebrate it as much. But as, as, as his general performance, yeah, you know, it, it, again, it'll do him the world of good to get a goal. It was a very good, it, very good to, to leap in front of his man and get the header at the back post or at the near post. So, yeah, um, overall nine as a collective unit. Can't complain. Yeah. And John? Yeah, same gone for nine. Um, you know, we know he's playing well above above his years. Um, he's just an absolute rocker and he's, it's just a perfect sort of piece back there. Um, you know, and, and getting his goal, you know, like I said earlier, he absolutely deserves that and, you know, I'm already ready to cry when he goes back to Man City. Yeah. Don't worry, John, if we get promoted, we'll have him again for another year. Yeah. Um, Gooch, John, I'd probably go with seven. Um, I think in the first half his end product wasn't great, caught out defensively a few times. Um, I think it was one time in particular, again, at nil-nil, where Hoffman was called into action for, for one of the only times in the game. It was kind of Gooch who'd lost his runner. Um, but second half improved. Unlucky not to get an assist when, when Stewart had his header at the back post. Somehow saved on the line by Bailey Beacock-Fowell. Um, again, I think he should have had a penalty. Um, 
Ross Stewart. I think that was yeah, that was a three 0 So Ross Stewart would have probably took the penalty anyway. But I, I'd probably go with a seven. You know, I'll, I'll probably be generous. Yeah, I'll probably bump him up to an eight. I thought he he worked his arse off last night. A lot of off the ball stuff. I think I only noticed once when he lost his man. But to be fair, he, he did get back in very very quickly. Um, I think it's easy to play a lot like forward when you know we're we're sort of in control of the game. Um, and then second half, I think he ruffled a few feathers, which is always good. You know, calms that Bannon down. You know, he's who we know is a very good player. Um, and I thought he, I thought to be fair, once once Neil went off, I thought Gooch actually kept the tempo going. It's easy to to go into a bit of a lull, sort of the whole team, and just think, well, we'll just play out the rest of the game of of nothing, and maybe you know, almost invite them to to see what they can do. So I was, I was quite impressed with you know when he sort of went into midfield and he was, you know, he he kept the tempo going. So yeah, I'll bump him up to an eight for that. Yeah, and done. Yeah, I, I gave him an eight as well. I, he had a solid enough game, although I, I don't even think it's fair to say lapses of concentration, but he kind of lost his mind maybe once or twice. Um, I thought his, his ball in was great to Rossi and he should have been converted. Obviously, it was a great save by Peacock Farrell. Um, and he's just, as I can say about the whole team, he's looking far more solid as of recent than he had before. Even going forward, he was, he was always inconsistent and he'd have one good game and three bad games but now he's just looking far more consistent and far more solid so yeah eight for me yeah michael eight as well um his decision again is the thing i bang on about all the time his decision making was much better when he didn't try to play hollywood balls from his own half he didn't try to skin loads of players like he's ronaldo in his own half he just kept it simple um and just just released the ball when he needed to only and released it only when there was a good option to do so so yeah eight yeah and I think the only thing that he hasn't improved yet, John Lyndon Gooch, is his ability to control his frustration. I think he was very lucky not to get a card after that penalty didn't didn't go his way because he looked like he wanted to murder that referee the way he ran after him. Yeah, he did. Yeah, well, you know, but you know, I mean, the, the players we've had in years gone by, you know, that you know, we just sort of toss it off and you know don't turn up. I probably won't. I probably won't be too annoyed at someone showing a bit of passion and yeah. you know he, he he probably knows as well he probably was on penalties after Stuart had his hat trick so I would have thought he was he probably wanted wanted a goal for the day as well. So I think the coaches I've did get hold of him when we, yeah. we bought when we bought Pritchard off I think um and just said that just calm yourself down, channel a bit and then after that I thought it was I thought it was very good. But yeah maybe maybe sometimes we just need a bit of that passion. But yeah he does he just doesn't need to be you know Corey Evans he maybe needs to get on saying just calm down, get on the ball, yeah. do your thing, let them be frustrated. Yeah. Um, Michael, Corey Evans, we'll get on to now. Um, a player that, you know, to put it simple, hasn't been very good since he signed. Um, but today, well, yesterday, he was much better, kept the ball, taken in the middle. Um, you could tell he's played at a high level at times, the way he kind of reads the game, um, certainly defensively. You know, he's, he seems to be in the right place a lot. Still a few times he was losing possession, especially in the first half again, just needlessly or kind of spend a little bit, you know, a few too many settings on the ball. But much improved performance from him today. And similar to Pritchard, I think it'll come down to how many games he plays and, and how fit he is and whether he can stay fit. You know, he's played championship level most of his career. Um, so there's definitely a player in him. It's just about getting him match fit, keeping him there and, and utilising him in, in these kind of games. So I'd probably say seven. Yeah, I think seven's about fair. I think he probably had the the a solid but un, the most unspectacular game out of everybody. 
I actually think with Evans, I think when he first came in, I think his first couple of games, I actually thought he was really good. I actually thought he showed the... I don't know what the right word is. I, th- I think he showed that a little bit, not not so much class, but he showed that he's played at championship level. But agreed, in recent months, he hasn't, when he has played, he hasn't set the world alight, to be fair. But yeah, it's that, that again, it always comes back to that question. How many games is he going to play across the season? So if you can keep him fit enough, then maybe, but we'll wait and see. But as for, as for yesterday, he did, he did nothing wrong. Just wasn't a spec. I think he just looks as unspectacular because a lot of the other players were so good. Yeah. Uh, John? Yeah, I'll probably go for seven. I thought he just he kept us ticking over uh, quite a lot, um, and I think it probably didn't help that Sheffield Wednesday had the ball in the air, you know, sort of most of the game. So a yeah. lot of it just passed him by. But maybe with his injury record, um, you know, it was nice for him not to get involved in the absolute hustle and bustle of a midfield scrap because he, you know. Looks like we've lost John. So, Dan, I'll go <laughs> to you. Yeah, he was he was a seven for me as well. I thought even in the first five ten minutes, he was a bit of a carbon figure for us. Um, and he, he lets Neil play. He he lets Neil go forward and kind of be more adventurous and play that more advanced role. So I think that that's quite important. And we have been very critical of him even on the podcast, but you can't fault him. Yesterday, he was very very good. Yeah. Um, Elliot Embleton again. I'd, I'd probably go with a seven. Um a higher seven than Evans but I don't think he was quite at an eight yet Dan um, obviously unlucky not to get a goal when he had that long range effort saved in the second half a very good save from Peacock Favell. Um but yeah worked hard all game linked the play well so I'd probably say seven yeah and again I got, I, I, I'd agree with that seven and I go to kind of I love to see the passion from players which I mentioned it a lot and you could see that yesterday when he got involved and kind of the tussles and everything with the, with the Sheffield Wednesday lads there you can see, I love to see it. I love seeing players that want to play for us and want to win for yeah. us. And Embleton's another one of those. And um, he was unlucky not to score. He forced a couple of saves. And he's very good at that, isn't he? The kind of shots at the edge of the box. I think he, he had one against Arsenal as well. Yeah. And he's, he's good at that. So the, a couple of them going the season will be flying. Um, so, yeah, very, very good performance again from Embleton. Uh, yeah. Higher seven than Evans, but yeah, still a seven. Yeah. And John, seven. Yeah, same go for seven. Uh, I think he was just outshone a little bit more by the others. Um, but still kept the ball, good ball retention and, you know, probably still a good, another sort of piece of the puzzle in, in that midfield to allow Pritchard to do his thing, you know, a little bit further forward. So, and like, like uh, the guys were saying, you know, I love the passion of, you know, getting involved and, and getting stuck in with players now and again. Yeah, he had Barry Bannon's life in that second half after that incident you know he was always in his face laughing at him or saying something behind his back love to see that michael proper shithousery that isn't it yeah um, i think with barry well barry bannon funnily enough he was one of the players i think the sheffield wednesday fans were resigned to losing so and it tells you that that tells you how well embleton must have done against him as for embleton himself yeah i think i agree there what daniel said in particular i think it's a higher set i think what you guys said higher seven than evans but not quite enough as an ace but i have noticed one thing i would want to touch on with embleton is that i've been a bit critical of his movement and work rate off the ball and in the last couple of games i think that's got significantly better so hopefully long may that continue. But as the others have said, and John said, he just got outshined by everybody else, but he didn't do anything wrong himself. Yeah. Um, back to you, Michael Pritchard. Based off the fact we went with a nine for Flanagan, Doyle and Bailey White, I think I can only go with 10 for Pritchard, which again, for 10 rating, you tend to 
have a, a very, very good game. And Pritchard's been that player for the past three, maybe four games, even against Arsenal. Van the midfield, you know, Wednesday couldn't get anywhere near him. Got the assist for Stewart's second goal. Um, you know, very good run, very good interception, very good pass. And keeping him fit, I really don't see how anyone could say he's not the best player in League One at the, at the current time, at least. I think objectively you can't argue against it. Certainly, at, the, at least at the moment, he's certainly uh, one of the most formed players in the league. For rating, do I go with a 9 or a 10? Oh, you know, I'm going to be generous. You've convinced us. I'll go with a 10. Um, it, 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 he's the type of player, again, he's just cut above this level. That his, intelligence, the, the, uh, his intelligence for the way that the length of time he held onto the ball for the second goal just epitomises the class that he's got compared to a lot of teams in League One. So just keep that guy fit whatever way you can. I think, I think the thing is with that goal as well is there's so many times where obviously Pritchard was the, the furthest forward then when he won the ball. So many players in the past when they've been in that position have slowed down completely. And you know, allowed the opposition to get back into position and and close the yeah. channels and, and and essentially win the ball back. But it was a strange one because Pritchard didn't really travel awfully far after a certain point. Yeah, we're still running at full speed, still going forward. And like I say, the awareness no issue would be the pass was was inch perfect. It was just a very good goal from start to finish. Well, it was because, and I think the way you've just described it there is that. Pritchard didn't go slow enough to allow Chef Wett to get back, but he slowed down enough to allow Stewart to make the run to receive the ball to score the goal, if that makes sense. So yeah. his decision-making all right. Like I said, the length of time he held onto the ball, the weight of the pass, the angle of the pass, everything about everything about it was just was just really, really well done from Pritchard. He won the ball. He basically made that goal for Stewart. So, again, whoever, whoever convinced him to drop down to League One deserves a pay rise. Yeah. Um, Dan... Pritchard, 10. Yeah, 10. Uh, he's a real Rolls-Royce player at this level, isn't he? Um, as I said before, he, he led our press and he drove forward. And he's, he's really important to how we play the game. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, the way he picked out Stuart was quality. Um, you know, no, I just I just thought he, he was excellent. He's, he's, very, he's a very important figure in that team. Yeah. Um, and I, I think we do need to keep him fit at, at all costs. Yeah, um, John. Yeah, I can't really touch on you know much more than than you guys. Daniel. I'd, I'd go over ten. Um, like you say, he's a Rolls Royce for a player. You know, down here and is you know just not to panic on the ball when you know he's surrounded by players on on the goal and then you know that Stewart then knows to to make a gut busting run. Um, and you know the the players we've had previously, you know your Max Powers or your you know whoever else in that position would would not have had the you know the confidence and the ability to hold onto that ball, wait for a pass, and then make an inch perfect pass where yeah. Stuart you know Stuart doesn't really have to do anything, just sort of slide past the goalkeeper. So you know all round, and it was Pritchard who you know who, who wins the ball as well from the high press. You know that's that's a massive part of our game at the moment, and he's he's very much integral to that. So uh, yeah, nothing else we can say really. Attend. Yeah. And last but not least, Ross Stewart, John, I'll go back to you for this one first of all. I'd, I'd, I'd have to say an 11 out of 10 for Ross Stewart. You know, a perfect hat-rick, never stopped working all game, like he has done ever since he signed. You know, his first two goals are very well taken, very good finishes. Um, and I, you just couldn't, you know, put a single fault on his performance last night. So a 10 would be undeserved, an 11 would probably suffice. 
Yeah, happy to go with an 11. Uh, like I say, perfect hat-trick. Still, you know, it wasn't just three goals we're talking about. It's just all-round play, hustling, harrying, um, you know, considering he's done it, um, you know, against Doncaster as well. Um, so for him to keep going for 90 minutes and absolutely blitz, blitz them. Um, he probably had a couple of other chances. He probably should have should have done better. But you know, if you, if your striker scores a hat trick and a perfect hat trick, then you know there's there can't be one complaint. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, twelve. <laughs> yeah, go with a twelve. You did, let's just pop them up a number. What, what could, you got, you've touched on it already yourselves. First two goals, very good finishes. Good good placement. Uh, sorry, good um, positioning for the third one. He's just uh, like Pritchard, Ratman, Cottonwall. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Last but not least, Dan. Yeah, just the scale doesn't go high enough for him, does it? Um, just absolutely unbelievable again yesterday. His work rate after all, every single game, I mean, immense. Uh, obviously, he got his, got his hat-trick, well-deserved, great finishes. And it just, it kind of makes me wonder, last season, if we given him more of an opportunity rather than kind of chucking him on the wing to, to give Charlie Wike a chance, if, if we could have got a bit further. But, um, yeah. Goal complaints this season has been immense, absolutely yeah. immense. Um, I just um, I just add to that with um, obviously saying about last season. I think the best time, the best that we looked last season for me is when we played Plymouth away and he played lone striker. That's when we looked really like an all-rounded team. I think yeah. Mike was missing for for whatever reason, and and Stuart played and he got in behind with his pace. And you know now we're seeing that. You know, every single week, and you know his, his hold-up play again. I don't want to mention the, the striker from last season, but we we look so much better. Um, you know, with with Stewart there last season for me, um, sort of an all-round team, and then like this season, you know, we're we're seeing the benefits. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say, John, when you know White left, Stewart was was the the main striker. Everyone kind of came to the same conclusion that we would accept that Stuart probably won't get, you know, the same goal tally and but that he will benefit us going forward overall. It's at the point now where Stuart has a very good chance of, of getting that goal tally, if not beating it this season. Yeah, he does, yeah. And, you know, with fair play to the, you know, the scouting team, I think it Johnson was saying that they they were looking at him before even the Sunderland um, you know, job came up for him. Um, so, so you know, fair play to him, and you know we've got a much more all-rounded player. Like you say, when you know he he is going to get the chances in this team. Well, now we've got sort of Embleton firing, we've got Dan Neal, we've got Pritchard, we've got you know Winchester, we've got players to come back, and you know we've got Dayaku, and the amount of chances these you know these players are going to get, it's it's gone from very much a one-dimensional, you know, get the ball to McGeady, get it in the box, and Michael score. That yeah. that's good, and that did work to some extent, but now it's much more. All rounded, you know. Ross Stewart can play on the floor. He can play in the air. You know, Bailey Wright's crossing it in, and he's at the back post. You know, scoring a header, and he's, he's he can score all types of goals. I think we've been, you know, we've been very. I don't want to say lucky because obviously there's been a lot of thought out process in the in the background, but everything is falling into place. So we've got a proper, you know, all round good striker who hopefully, um, you know, can grow with us as we go through. You know, if we go into the championship, you still expect him to, to maybe take that that step up and still and still flourish and, and build with us. So, you know, it's it's one of those absolute masterstrokes from the club. 
just yeah. just just a point as well and build on what John said that when you look at the tactic last season when we had the ball basically the tactic was give the ball to McGinney cross White scores that become that becomes so predictable that teams know how to defend against it but with all the attributes that John's just pointed out about Ross Stewart teams will have a nightmare defending against that because they're trying to win the uh, the battle in the air he's good with his feet then so that leaves that leaves that outside of the game exposed it's it's it makes it makes us so much more unpredictable going forward in a good way so you know it's it's just chalk and cheese it's chalk and cheese yeah um Stuart man of the match don't think anyone's going to disagree with that no all no. the way um well the next game's Wickham on the 8th, which is on Sky Sports once again. Um, obviously, Fleetwood was cancelled, which was due to be played on Sunday, which is a little bit disappointing now with Sunderland in, in, good, in a good run of form, I'll say. Um, you know, if, when the game's come thick and fast, it can sometimes be a bad thing. But when you're flying like we are at the moment, you know, keeping the momentum is, is key. So hopefully that doesn't run out against Wickham. Um, that'll be a very tough game. Um, and, and predictions for that one, John? Uh, I think that's going to be a, a bit of a battle. I'll take a, I think I'll take a scrappy one-nil win. Yeah, Michael. I'll go with me heart. I think I'll say we'll win two-one. But it, it's going to, it is like John said, it's going to be a physical battle of the game. But just to quickly point out, Wickham and Lincoln are our next two games. Wigan don't play again in the league until fifteenth of January, so there's a chance here to really create a gap over them and put pressure on them. So let's hope we do it. But yeah, for Wickham, I'd say maybe a slight two-one Sunderland. Yeah, and done. Yeah, a win against Wickham would be huge for our promotion chances. Um, I, I'm going with 2-1 as well. I think it will be very difficult. And I think Wickham will have their chances to kind of nick a draw or even win, but I, I can see us winning it. Yeah. Well, I said 4-0 for this game last night, um, and I'm going to say 3-0 for Wickham. I'm always going to be that person. Hopefully <laughs> it happens again. But that is all the time we have for today. Obviously, this is going out on New Year's Eve. So next time we record a podcast, it will be 2022, um, which is very satisfying to say because it rolls off the tongue that 2022. Um, so Michael, John and Dan, wish you all the best in the new year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. And Happy top course, of the league. Absolutely. <laughs> Even better. And of course, Happy New Year to everyone who is listening. Um but we'll be back to talk about the Wickham game um, in just over a week's time. But until then, we will see you later. That's all, folks.